Good morning. There we go. Got one awake. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here today on this humid day that God has made. Um, <laughs> we have all kinds of fun things to tell you about and um, some good stuff today in worship. So I am going to turn this over to Sheila and she's going to tell you about some of the fun stuff. Good morning. First of all, before I forget, we do have a couple dishes that were unlabeled, left over from one of our funerals. We have this one here, and there's a casserole dish in the back. Um, so if they're yours, please take them home. Um, as you noticed walking in, it's a little crowded out there. We've been busy, busy little bees getting ready for the rummage sale. Thank you to all of you that have come up this past week to help sort and all of you that have donated something, even if all it was was a table for us to use. We have more this year than I think we've ever had, so, um, which is a nice problem. Also, um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we are having a bake sale. Nancy and Lucy Miller have both agreed to run that for us. However, we have to have baked goods. So please get your... Uh, kitchens warmed up and package your items in you know sellable sizes we don't want whole cakes um, and we're asking that you put an ingredients list on there um, school supplies we are collecting school supplies for Diane uh, Diane do you have a tub or do you want us to create a box or something for you Not a problem. We'll just put them in the office for now. Um, we canceled the ice cream social that was scheduled for this month. I believe it was on the 26th. However, what we've decided to do instead is on August 29th, you'll see in your uh, upcoming events, we are going to have a blessings of the backpacks. We're hoping that most of our youth will be here we can also register them for Sunday school, which will start two weeks later. But we are going to put on a, in essence, an ice cream social for our congregation. Donations will be accepted, but not necessary. So we will, after worship that day, we'll go into the gym and enjoy lunch and fellowship ice cream with toppings. So... I think that's it. Rick has one more announcement. Uh, for the trustees, on Tuesday, 10 o'clock, there'll be a meeting here at the church for you guys. And also after church today, if there's anybody available that can help us get a sign out of the shed that'll ultimately later on get moved to the fire station for the rummage sale. So we just need an extra set of hands to help move a few things to break that free today. Also, I forgot to mention, all of you that are here are welcome to pre-shop after worship. Wander through, everything is by donation. So if you see something you'd like, see Linda or I, and we'll take, gladly take your cash. And I can tell you there's some nice stuff in there, including a tiki head that has like fake flames. And, and if you find it, I feel like there should be a special prize because it keeps moving <laughs> through the sale, so. Just saying. Please join me for our call to worship. 
The heavens declare the righteousness of God. The, the earth, earth declares, declares God's beauty. From the rising of the sun to its setting, God's word shines forth in glory. And please join us for our first hymn, Sweet Hour of Prayer on 496. join me for our opening prayer. O God, God of, of promise, promise, creator of the, of the cosmos, you are the first light breaking through the void, and the final light we shall eternally enjoy. Keep our hearts ever vigilant as we wait to welcome you, that you would find us clothed in love, dressed for action, and eager to receive you. Amen. Our next song is Precious Name on 536. <clears throat>
precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, take the name of Jesus a shield from every snare. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Precious name, oh how sweet. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, oh the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy, when his loving arms receive us. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, at the name of Jesus Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. You may be seated. And if you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. God of hope, by faith we know that you created the world and that what is seen is made by things that are not visible. Open our eyes to your presence among us that we may hear your word with clarity and assuredness of hope as we follow you in all righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. The meaning of faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the wor worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. The faith of Abraham. 
By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a long time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. This morning we will have our noisy coin collection, but I'm going to ask you to hold on to your noisy coins um, until uh, our youth moments, because we will collect those then. We're just going to do the regular uh, offering collection now. Jesus said, you sell your possessions and give alms. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us honor God with a sacrifice of thanksgiving and come into God's courts with praise. think by next year we'll have it down. If you would rise as you are able and join me in singing our doxology. Father, Son, and 
Lord, you look down from heaven, see all humankind, and long to call us home. Accept these gifts on behalf of your people, that they would increase faith, nurture hope, and be reckoned as righteous in your sight. Amen. It is now time for our youth moments. I'd like to invite our youth and young folks. And remember, you're all children of God, so anybody can come up, but come up over here and we'll hang out. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? Everybody awake? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't have my coffee today. Mm. You had your tea? What kind of tea do you like? Ooh. It looks very nice. See, Pastor keeps his hair short so he doesn't have to do anything to it in the morning. It saves some time. Do you guys know what it means to be impatient? Do you recognize that word? What does it mean to be impatient? That's right, you might keep asking for something because you want it right now, you just can't wait. Have you guys ever felt like that? Is there any time of year maybe that you get more impatient for? No, you're never impatient? I might have to check that with your parents. Um, what, what are you thinking, what type, what, what, when are you impatient maybe? When you just can't wait for something. <laughs> Probably everything. <laughs> You can't wait to go up north? What about in December? Is there something you, you, you have a hard time waiting for in December when it's cold and there's snow? You can't wait till you turn five? Okay, what do you got? Can't wait till you turn eight? Okay. Josh, what were you going to say? You're going to have a water balloon fight tomorrow. Do you know about that? Okay. Oh, okay. That's good. Do you guys ever get impatient around Christmas? Yeah. Can't wait to open presents? Yeah. What about when it gets close to your birthday? Yeah, because you said you want to be five and you want to be eight. How old are you going to be on your next birthday? Ooh, okay. Pastor can wait for his next birthday. 
pastor's going to skip the next one. Um, so sometimes it's hard to be patient and to wait for stuff. Um, I know when I was younger, I had a really hard time waiting for Christmas and for my birthday and for the last day of school and for when we'd go on vacation and all the fun stuff, because the fun stuff you want to do all the time, right? But sometimes we have to wait and we have to try and be patient. Yes. Do you have fun? Ooh. Oh, whoa, that sounds like fun. Pretty cool. Zach, what were you going to say? Okay. You know, there's a lot of people right now who are, are struggling with patience because of the pandemic because we all really want it to be over. We want to get back to what we think of as normal. And, and it's hard um, because with your birthday or Christmas, you know when that's gonna come, because you can look on a calendar, but with something like the pandemic, we don't have a, a set date when it's gonna end. And so that makes it really hard. And it's been going on for such a long time. And in the Bible, there were people who were impatient too. Um, there were people who God had promised some stuff would happen and they thought it was going to happen like the next day, but it didn't. It took a while. And one of the hard things I think for all of us is we have to remember that God works in God's time, not in the time that we might want it. And so something like the pandemic, that might not end for a while, or it could end soon. We, we just got to do the best we can and, and try and, you know, stay safe and healthy. But in the Bible, there's a couple times where God promises someone something, and it takes over a hundred years. That's a long time, isn't it? A hundred years. And you know what else? God had promised for the people that he would send a savior, and that was Jesus. But he made that promise a long time ago. And a lot of the people, they waited probably over 2,000 years before Jesus came. That's a long time to wait, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I definitely couldn't wait that long. But God keeps his promises. So even though there's stuff that our moms or dads or our teachers or our grandparents or other people who love us in our lives might tell us something good that's going to happen, it might take a while. Even though it's hard, we got to just try our best to be patient. Can you think of something you could do to help you? When you're when you're not when it's hard to be patient, what could you do? You could run around, absolutely. You could play on your tablet. 
if you know the password to mom and dad's phone, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know dad's password. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, something else we can do when we're struggling to be patient is we can pray. We can ask God to help us be patient. So do you think we could try doing that right now real quick? Yes. Okay, can, can, can we do the I'll start and you guys repeat? Okay. Dear God, please help us when we're impatient to be able to be strong and trust in your promises. Amen. Okay, so we got a couple more things we got to do. First, I need you guys to help with the noisy coin collection. You think you can do that? Okay, I don't know where the buckets are. Oh, they're over there. Can you guys, can we work together? and get the buckets and go and see if people have any coins they want to put in there? <clears throat> All right, go, go help. Okay. Ooh, that was noisy. <laughs> This always makes me laugh because uh, when my parents were young and would go on vacation um, and they'd have to go through a toll booth because Illinois is full of them, uh, my mother would get rid of all of her pennies and it would sit there and count each penny and the people behind them would get mad. But it still made me laugh. <laughs> I don't think they will take pennies anymore. Where, where was that at? Flat out? Gotcha. All right, we got one bucket. And here comes the next bucket. Awesome. You guys are good helpers. All right, we got one more thing we got to do before, before we're done. Can you guys help me lead the congregation in the Lord's Prayer? Can we do that? Are you ready? Yeah, he says he's ready. All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You guys rock. We got some suckers over there. And if it's okay with whoever brought you here today, you can have two. But if they tell you one, then only bring one because I don't want to get in trouble. Yes. You like my shoes? Thank you. I just got these. They look a lot like yours. Yes. Oh, kids, you better follow Miss Luann. There's something fun happening. Okay. And in an attitude of prayer, um, we're going to try something a little different for the prayers of the people. Um, when we get, as we go through like each little thing, um, I'm going to say, oh God of hope, and I want you guys to say, increase our faith. So let's try it real quick. Oh, God of hope. Hey, you guys are quick study. All right. Um, before we get into our prayer, um, if you look in your bulletin, you can see um, our prayer requests. Um, we need to keep Shar and Fred um, in our prayer. Shar is still a little bruised, but she's home. Fred has a broken neck, um, and they are concerned about paralysis. Um, he was in Wisconsin, but they may be flying him to St. Louis. I don't know if that has happened yet for sure or not. Um, so please keep them in your prayers. Um, continued prayers for Wilda and Paul, um, that she keeps getting stronger and the uh, physical uh, therapy stuff keeps, keeps working good for them. Um, and again, they would love some visitors. They just ask that you call first so that um, it's not in the middle of one of her therapy appointments. Um, although if they've got the big bouncy ball, you should go then and you guys could play a game. Um, continue prayers for David's mom um, who had fainted. Um, she's home, but they still need to do their follow-up. Um, continue prayers for Dottie's dad, George. Um, he is in, uh, uh, what do you call it? Where is he at? Thank you. Um, so they're working with him and hoping that he'll be able to come home soon. Um, continued prayers for Nancy Warren. Um, continued prayers for the family of Dee Warner who has been missing since the end of April. 
Um, also continued prayers for David's uh, neighbor whose uh, house burned down and lost everything. She's a single mom with two little ones. Um, prayers for uh, Laura Hubbard. She is the daughter of a friend of Richard's, of Richard Randolph. Sorry, my eyes got crossed. Um, she is struggling with an eating disorder and severe depression. She is only 14. Um, please keep her and her family in your prayers. Um, depression can do some really bad things, not just to the person who is suffering from it, but it becomes a very difficult situation for those who are trying to love and support that person. They put her in a treatment center, okay. So continued prayers for her and those people who are gonna be working with her. Okay, does everybody remember your, your, your part of the prayer? Okay, we're gonna find out. Let us pray for the world saying, O God of hope. There you go. O God, your blessings are as plentiful as the stars above and as numerous as the grains of sand along the seashore. We come before you with grateful hearts as we pray for the church and the world, saying, O God of hope. We pray for wisdom and guidance for all people and leaders of this world, that they may foster peace and justice and serve the common good. O God of hope. We pray for your church that by your grace and our faith, we may serve you with consistency and love. O God of hope. We pray for those who are sick or suffer any need, that they would know your healing strength and find comfort through our faithful care. O God of hope. Help us to protect the goodness of your creation that all may enjoy the precious blessings of this world as foretaste of the next. O God of hope. We remember those who have died and look to the heavenly city where with you and all your saints, we will enter the everlasting heritage of your faithful sons and daughters. O God of hope. We lift up those who work to keep us safe in this world. We pray that you would guide them in their words and in their actions, live in their hearts and minds, keep them safe. And for those serving far away, we pray for that they may be able to return home soon. O God of hope. Holy God, steadfast and true, on you our hope is founded. Receive the prayers of your faithful children for our hearts are gladdened by our trust in you. Amen. Beloved children of God, remember that God loves us. Therefore, by the mercy of God, let us cease to do evil and learn to do good. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. Holy God, you call us to do good, seek justice, and care for those in need. Yet how often we place our own comforts above compassion for others. Forgive us, we pray, and cleanse us from these and all our offenses. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Amen. Please take a few moments of silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of the Most High God, our God is merciful and kind, full of grace and love. Though our sins are like scarlet, they become like snow. Be at peace, for your sins are washed clean by the goodness of God. Amen. Please join me for our affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed, Ecumenical Version. <clears throat> I believe, believe in God, God the Father, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will, and will come, come again, again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our second scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory, and by its great might it cannot save. Truly the, truly, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Our next hymn is page 396, O Jesus, I Have Promised. Yeah. 
haunting sounds I hear. My foes are ever near me, around me and within. But Jesus draws clear and still above the storms of passion the murmurs of self-will oh speak to reassure me to hasten or control oh speak and make Jesus, thou hast promised to all who follow thee that where thou art in glory, there shall thy servant be. And Jesus, I have promised to serve. Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, and then chapter 16, verses 2 through 4b. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. And Sarai said to Abraham, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave girl. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you to ask for help. We are impatient. We feel that time is running out. We want to make a difference. We must remember that it is you that is in charge, not us. When we allow your loving presence to flow through us, we can make a difference. We accept the fact that we may never see the fruits of our actions in this lifetime. Help us to cease our constant striving and instead to find rest in you. It is not easy. Just like Sarai, we are impatient. 
And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we are again continuing in our sermon series for the months of July and August called No Perfect People Allowed. Through this series, we've been venturing through both the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, looking at some of the imperfect people that God called and still found ways to use to accomplish some really amazing things. In the Old Testament, we have examined the lives and actions of Jacob, David, and Miriam. In the New Testament, we have looked at Saul, or Paul. And this week, we are going to stay in the Old Testament to study Sarai, the wife of Abram. Now, of all the imperfect people that we have talked about so far, we've been focusing on imperfections like cheating, infidelity, murder, and gossiping. And I would say most of those are pretty serious, wouldn't you? Especially murder and infidelity, those are kind of big ones. But today we're going to talk about Sarai and her being impatient. Really? Impatient? Is that such a big deal? Well, let's dive in a little bit deeper and see what we find. As you all know, or most of you know by now, I'm originally from Illinois and lived in the suburbs of Chicago. And one of the most despised, dark, evil places in the Chicagoland area, and this may be true of other parts of the country, is the DMV. Long lines, never enough people working, hundreds of strange forms with confusing terminology. Yes, the DMV is probably one place that almost everyone with the driver's license has experienced some level of impatience. Although I have to admit, I love the fact that when it comes time to renew my license here in Michigan, I can go online and fill something out and then they send me a sticker. I put that on my license, and I like that. But I remember, when I lived in Illinois, I had to go get my license renewed. And at that point, at least, they weren't allowing you to do that kind of thing. You actually had to go in. And in that day, I witnessed several acts of impatience. Now, I was fortunate enough to have taken that day off of work, because I assumed that's where I would spend most of my day. And I didn't really have anywhere else I had to be, so I was not really in a big rush, and I brought a book with me um, in case there would be long lines. Yeah, in case. And I, this is not a joke. The book I brought with me was War and Peace. I got through a pretty good part of it. But I was calmly waiting my turn, reading my book, I do love Russian history in that time period. And I was consistently distracted, though, by acts of impatience that kept playing out all around me. There were people huffing and puffing, voices being raised, and of course the ever-popular tirade that begins with, I pay your salary, buddy. I want to speak to your supervisor. It was good times. What other times, though, do we witness or maybe ourselves partake in impatience? What about when we travel by plane? Now, again, this might be a little bit different right now because of the pandemic. But I remember prior to the pandemic, 
waiting eternally to board the plane. Which, I'll be honest, that wasn't that bad for me. The problem I ran into with impatience when it was time to get off the plane. Pastor Michael is a very claustrophobic. Um, and I do my best not to make a scene, um, but I struggle when I see people instead of taking their stuff and getting off the plane, stopping and talking to people around them like there's nothing else to do where I want off the plane. The problem is someone my size getting up and screaming, waving their arms, running down the aisle tends to get the attention of security, and I don't want to deal with that. But between boarding times, delays, cancellations, the airport's one of those other places where we can see the heights of impatience waging war and become a part of it or even dragged into it depending on the situation. Or what about road rage? Now I know that road rage isn't quite the hobby for motorists up here that it is in Chicago. Um, where there it's something you can put on your, dry, or, uh, your job application as a skill set. But the suburbs where Sarah and I grew up in it was impressive. Um, if you've ever seen Escape from LA or those movies in the apocalyptic realm, it's not too far off. I noticed though up here, at least the places we've lived, don't really experience much road rage. Now I, I acknowledge that because of the places we have lived up here, we might just be far away from it. Um, and I admit, that when we lived in Illinois, I had a problem with road rage. You can ask Sarah. Um, I do feel, though, that since we've lived up here, I've gotten a lot better with it. And the worst traffic jam situation I feel like I have to deal with is when a combine comes out of the field in front of me. And given that the tires of those things are taller than my car, I'm willing to wait. But hands down. One of my favorite acts of impatience that I have personally witnessed is watching someone work on their computer and either the internet or the application they are using is just not going fast enough for them. And let me tell you, I used to see this on a daily basis when I worked in information technology. And I have several stories that I could share and some that I really probably can't repeat. The most common complaints I would always hear though is, my computer's too slow, or Man, the internet's crawling today. And those kinds of complaints used to make me laugh inside. Because I'm old enough to remember computers before Windows and having to connect with a phone to get on the internet. And the technology that many of us hold in our hands on a regular basis, our cell phones, is vastly more powerful than what launched the first space shuttles and satellites into orbit. I also, though, acknowledge, and the ladies who volunteer in the office can attest to this, that I find myself still falling to the, wow, the internet's really slow. Um, and you've probably heard me say that we should start training carrier pigeons because of our internet service, but we're getting there, don't worry. So. Where does all this impatience come from in us? Why are we always in such a rush? Well, I think there are two obvious answers to that, not 
just two, but there's two that always jump out to me, and one is a lack of planning, and the second is society. And I think the problem is that we get so consumed sometimes with all the things that we think we're supposed to do in the eyes of the world that we're not always able to put in the time into planning the things that we would like to and how much planning they might really need. Our world is trying to move at such ridiculous speeds, it seems like, that it's practically impossible to keep up. We've even invented a term to describe us doing more things at the same time. That word is multitasking. I hate that word with a passion. I would rather take the time I need to accomplish one thing really well, feeling really good about it, than trying to do four things at the same time and feeling I failed at each and every one of them in some major way. The idea of multitasking is a more recent development and it is one that I wish had never come into our world. What about Sarai, though, in our reading from Genesis? Where does her impatience come from? When we go back and look at that reading and some of the surrounding scripture verses, and we'll see what we find there. We're, in our reading, we enter the story right as God has made a covenant with Abram, later to be named Abraham by God. And in their discussion, Abram says that he has no heirs, so he just assumes it's going to end up being having to have a child by someone other than Sarai, in fact, in this case, a slave of hers, so that he can have someone to carry on his legacy, his life, and for that matter, the covenant that God has placed with him. But God says no. In fact, Abram, you are going to have biological heirs to pass along this covenant and all the blessings I have bestowed upon you. God even tells Abram that his heirs will be like the number of stars in the sky. That's a lot of heirs. And having children to pass things along to was beyond important in that culture, in that part of the world, in that time in history. Today, we hope to be able to pass along to our children or grandchildren or other people that we love things that are heirlooms from our family or things that are important to us have some meaning, things we think might make them happy. In this day and age, if you didn't have someone to pass your everything onto, things got rough and could end very badly. And see, part of the problem for Sarai was that women who couldn't bear children were often seen as less than or inferior. This is another example of women bearing all of the responsibility and blame, especially for something that is not 
just them. There are, are two people involved to make this stuff happen, at least with one exception that we know of. So hearing from God that, that he was going to have all these heirs must have been just astounding for Abram. But maybe not so much for his wife, Sarai. We read in Genesis chapter 16 that she tells him or she, that she can't have children. And it's probably safe to assume that Abram shared with Sarai what God had told him about all these heirs they were going to have, more than the stars in the sky. And I can't even imagine how that might have made her feel. Here, God is promising her husband all of these heirs and descendants, and she hasn't been able to get pregnant and have any children yet. I can't imagine the pressure that might have added to her already feeling like she isn't able to do what she is supposed to do as that part of being Abram's wife. And here's God compounding the matter for her. What is she going to do? And if you go back and read through other parts around these passages, it's not like they weren't trying to have kids or that she didn't want kids. It just hadn't happened for them up to that point. And so in chapter 16, we hear that Sarai says to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from giving birth, so go to my servant. Maybe she will provide me with children. And Abram did as Sarai said. After Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife, Sarai, took her Egyptian servant, Hagar, gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. And again, I can't even begin to imagine how Sarai had to feel. I'm sure there was part of her that was happy because she was still able to help a child come in for Abram. But it still had a hurt and sting. And it wasn't until about 13 years later that Sarai finally does become pregnant and she gives birth to Isaac. Now, Scripture tells us that Abram, now at this point, and when Isaac is born, known as Abraham, he was almost 100 years old. And Sarai, now known as Sarah, she was near 90 years old herself. I'd like to ask all of the women in our congregation right now, <laughs> before I could even ask, can you even fathom being pregnant at the age of 90? Out in the desert. You think, I don't like camping. I'd be willing to bet that none of you would enjoy camping anymore if those were your circumstances. And while I am sure we have a few people who are 90 or a little above that, I just, yeah. So God does fulfill his promise to Abraham and Sarah through the birth of Isaac and his future generations. And even though Sarah was impatient in fulfilling this promise or how she saw her role in fulfilling this promise, I really think that we can relate to her situation at least at some level. 
Think about what her motives may have been. Sarah wasn't angry like in road rage. She hadn't planned poorly in her life. She wanted children. She just hadn't been able to have any up to this point. It really seems to me her motivations were much more centered around Abraham and trying to make him happy, trying to fulfill her role as his wife by producing children as she understood her role. I actually think that makes her motives rather pure and driven by her love for Abraham. And despite this human flaw of impatience, God still used Sarah to do something really amazing. I mean, first off, having a child at the age of 90, at least by our standards today, that itself is amazing. But this child was special. She became the mother of a nation, just as Abraham was the father of a nation. Through Sarah came Isaac, and through his line came Jacob, who had 12 sons who grew to become the 12 tribes of Israel. And it all started back with Sarah, even though she was struggling with impatience. So what about our impatience today? And I don't just mean road rage or waiting in line at the DMV or an airport or even a store. Where else in our lives are we impatient? Where do we find ourselves wishing for something to move along faster than it is? Where else does impatience rise up in our lives? That probably seems like a rhetorical question. How many of us are impatient with this pandemic? We have been at this for so long. Things were starting to look good. Now there are not just new variants surfacing in other places around the world, but some have found their way here. And we're seeing the impact that is having not just in safety protocols and measures, but we're seeing it in the number of people who are dying from it. What about finding a new job? Depending on the industry and your qualifications, the workforce, even still in this pandemic, may be a challenging place to move through. Maybe your impatience is for payday. Money seems to disappear so much faster than we want it to, especially if you have a young family or you are helping to care for other family members, if you have high costs for insurance or other things in your lives. Maybe your impatience is a cure. There are still so many diseases and conditions that we are only able to treat but not yet remove or eradicate from our world. Yes, we, and by we, I mean research scientists, doctors, those people, have made amazing strides towards curing cancer, to fighting against and helping to cure or at least curb the effects of things like Alzheimer's and dementia. But we're still we're still not there yet. Or maybe, maybe your impatience stems from a promise. 
Maybe a promise someone made to you to stop drinking or doing drugs. A promise to be more faithful. A promise to change in some way. We are all impatient at some point, whether waiting for a stoplight to change or for a loved one to get well again. None of us are immune to the feelings of impatience, regardless of what our motives might be. And impatience often, if not always, stems from a perceived lack of control. I mean, think about this. If, if we had full control of the situation we were in, we really wouldn't be impatient because we could change the situation to what we want. So again, just like I asked our, our children and our youth, what can we do when we are impatient? And I think it depends on the situation. Are we impatient with another person or are we impatient with the general situation? I think if we are finding ourselves impatient with another person, the first thing we really need to do is take a step back and try and put ourselves in their shoes. And I think we also need to extend the same mercy and grace to everyone else that God shows to us. But what about when we are impatient with just a general situation, something that is bigger than just one or two people? Well, just like I told our kids, have you tried prayer? I'm guessing that many of you here this morning probably start with prayer more often than not. Maybe you end your day with prayer, maybe both, maybe you pray throughout the day. But I feel pretty confident in saying that I know that you all pray, so that's not something new. We pray for people to be healed. We pray to come to know God better through faith. We pray asking for God to help us to live lives like Jesus lived. We can absolutely pray for strength and patience. The hard part, though, is that sometimes it feels like prayer isn't maybe doing anything. Sometimes things seem to stay the way they are or even get worse. We may even question asking God why God is not granting our prayer requests. But just like I told our young ones, we do need to remember that God does hear and answer every prayer. It's just not always a yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is not yet or not right now. But even in our moments of impatience, whether it be with someone else or a situation, or maybe even with God, we are still able to be the tools for God and the ministry that God is trying to accomplish in this world. God used Sarah to bring forth a nation, the 12 tribes, the line of David. 
every time I read that in scripture or even say those words, it boggles my mind. She brought forth a nation. And that happened when she was 90. Most of us here are, are younger than that. So there's still a lot of time for God to use each and every one of us, imperfect though we may be, to accomplish something amazing. We just may need to pray and ask for help that we may be patient and also to help us to hear when God calls us. Amen. Our closing praise song this morning, assuming that I put the right one on the CD that I gave to Rick, um, is by Chris Tomlin. The song is called Indescribable. The words are in your bulletin. Please feel free to stand up and sing, dance, move, whatever the spirit may be moving within you, or sit where you are, that's good too, whatever you are feeling in this moment.
Beloved children of God, be dressed for action and ready to serve, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Be not afraid, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, an unfailing treasure, an eternal blessing. We live because of God's grace. Let us love because of God's grace. Let us show that grace and mercy to the world. Go and serve the Lord and go in peace. Amen.